Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 163 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is another surprise. This time around it's TB asking me the question that I have no idea about. So joining me, your host Claire Lydon, is my co-host, yes the ever surprising TB Markinson. Hello TB, how are you today? doing well you starting to sweat bullets over there like worried about this question i'm gonna ask you i am i am because i think i just said to you just before we started i'm shit at uh answers on the spot i like to be prepared i'm very much a you know an introverted virgo when it comes to this shit all right well let's hope i don't scare you too much with this question okay and hopefully it's not something we've discussed before because i am really shit at remembering anything but anyways I'll get cracking on to uh, what I've been up to since we last spoke, which seems like ages ago, which I don't think it was. I think it was only literally two weeks ago, but a lot has happened. A lot has happened. I agree. <laughs> Do you think when you go to bed at night, you're not sure if the world's still going to be going the next day? <laughs> There's so much going on. On my end, in my own little world, uh, Miranda and I have been furiously working on the rest of Devil's Advocate, our enemies to lovers romance set in a Boston law office. We're in the final stretch, and I'm going to be so relieved to get this one off the um, plate and get it to the editor. It's been a fun one to write, but at this stage, you know, you just you're at the last at the last stage before you send it off for the final edit, and you just never want to see it again. I know we only get like two weeks off from it, but I'm really excited just to hit that send button and be like, fuck you. I want to see you for a while. Become a writer, they said. Oh, the joy, the romance. <laughs> fuck you, says TB, as the as the manuscript goes to the editor. So that's, that's the part of my process, you know. I, I start to hate it for a while, and then I get it back, and I read it again, and I'm like, it's not so bad. But yeah. at this stage, you're just like, oh, you want to cry. So, so, other, right? so where are you then on that? Have you got like a few more chapters to go? Or you've already done it and you're at editing phase? Um, I think we're down to a handful of chapters. I think I can count them on one hand right now. now that is, so. That's quite an exciting stage though as well. Yeah, it's getting to the part of the book that I don't really like though. It's always sad when you have to like get them to fight. Like, I like the characters. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't say that. That's really me. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's at that stage. The um, the black moment is the um, spot that always gives me trouble because I just don't want to do it. Mm. Probably because I'm not the type of person who doesn't like conflict. And so I go through some pain with my characters because they get put through conflict. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where I have to just deal with it and put on my writing pants and just get to work. All right, so in other writing news, um, I've approved two audiobooks, which are now going through the ACX quality check. One is for the proposal, and the other is a woman unhinged. I hit approve for both on the same day, and now I'm curious if they're going to come out on the same day, or do they get stuck in the ACX rigmarole? How is this going to work? I will be uh, curious to know that as well, so let us know. Yes, I, it's um, it's kind of like when you're like trying to like watch like 
little kids play um, soccer or football because, like, there's never a straight path to the goal. They just kind of, like, swarm around it. And I, I imagine that's what the um, people at ACX are doing because there's always so much going on that they don't really have an end goal. They just kind of swarm around one problem to the next. So that is what my picture is of ACX behind the scenes, if you wanted to know. In other news, over at iHeart Sapphic, we are, we've started gathering books for the 2023 Reading Challenge. This year, the website is doing fantastically well. Is that a phrase? Fantastically well? Yes. Sounds weird. No, it's definitely a okay, phrase. Okay, we'll go with it. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with it. But um, by the end of September, we're um, projecting the site will get 300,000 views. And by the end of the year, we'll hit 400,000 views. That's a big, big increase. <laughs> Last year, all the views for all of 2022 was 165K. Mm. So it's a big increase. And um, when I started this website back when I was living in Dublin, I had no idea what it would become. I had no idea what my goal was really. I just kind of started it on a whim because I wasn't able to publish. It's become a thing. It's become a thing that helps a lot of readers and authors. And I get so many lovely emails from, especially readers who said, who say that um, it's their go-to source now for how to find books, especially new ones, but also the reading challenge. The reading challenge, since we've been pairing it with sales each week, mm-hmm. they love the Monday email because it usually there's six to 10 books on sale. So it's been, it's been interesting to watch it grow from what I thought it would be and what it's become. Yes, and I love every time you talk about it, you're always surprised. <laughs> it's actually become a thing, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has. I'm still surprised. <laughs> you oh. you set this up and grew it. <laughs> Completely baffled by it. But anyways, in other IHS news, I mentioned a few weeks ago that uh, we were having the website redesigned. And I mentioned that we hired uh, some website designers, and now I'm going to tell you who we've hired. I don't know if I've let this cat out of the bag, but we hired a company called Wax Creative Designs. They're a woman-owned business, and two of the people on the team are the sisters of Julia Quinn. Do you know Julia Quinn? Do you know of Julia Quinn? Sure. No. no. You do? She wrote Bridgerton. Okay. I know Bridgerton, yes. Yeah, so when she was um, started writing, she asked her sister, who was a website designer, like, can you make me an author website? And her sister's like, sure, I can manage that. And then she ended up creating this company that um, focuses on setting up author websites. So mm. these people have a good track record of how to sell books. So we're excited to be partnering with them to mm-hmm. help us sell even more sapphic books. So That is exciting. Little... Do you think... It is. Do you think... What's her name? Julia Quinn? No. Shonda Rhimes? Shonda Rhimes. Do you think Shonda Rhimes is going to stop by uh, I Heart Sapphic and um, and then put it out to all her followers? I think it could happen. I would. That would be nice. I think this is the closest I'm going to get <laughs> to a relationship with Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> but it feels pretty good to have a chance with Shonda Rhimes because um, not only do I admire her uh, business sense, I mean, she's created some massive hits with um, Grey's Anatomy and the Bridgerton series and Scandal and everything, but um, she seems like a cool person in life. I, I like her um, her vibe. You like Is that the, what the kids say it these days? Yeah, you like the cut of her jib. Is that a boat thing? I don't know, really. <laughs> you like her schutzpah. Yes, 
I do. I do. So, yeah. So, if you um, are wondering if I'm going crazy on this end because I'm trying to finish a book, I'm trying to organize the reading challenge and redo the website, the answer would be yes. I am losing my fucking mind. There's a lot going on. But I did recently spend a day last weekend. I went for a drive, Pepper and I, who, by the way, Pepper and I celebrated our one-year anniversary. Oh, congratulations to you and Pepper. <laughs> Didn't know this until I got an email from the place I bought Pepper from. <laughs> should you um, should you just let everybody who hasn't listened to the podcast before know who Pepper is? Pepper is my red Honda Fit. <laughs> but I guess that's the thing they, uh, that's a, car that's, dealerships do now. That's they a car. You, uh, happy anniversary. Yes. I was going to say, that's a car for, for those of us who... Uh, you just said that's my red Honda Fit, is that right? Yes, it's a car. Right, it's a I, car. I wouldn't know what that is. So just, just, for, just for the car stupid out there, I count myself in that, in that bracket. Yes, that is my car that I spent all of the summer of 2021 trying to buy. It was a major adventure because there were so many ups and downs with that purchase. Maybe that's why they reminded me that I finally got off across the finish line because it was a disaster but anyways so we went for a drive in the Berkshires it was lovely to get out the weather's starting to cool off a bit it's still kind of hot but I'm having right now while we're recording this lovely breeze come through the office and now I get to go out and go on adventures again because my body doesn't do well with heat and humidity and it's been fucking bloody hell here how about you is the weather cooled off there at all? You guys have been going through a lot of shit. It's cooling down, yeah. I mean, it's still warm, you know, like I still went out today. Um, I've had a day of self-care uh, leading up to this podcast. So uh, this morning I went to my dentist. Uh, my I saw my hygienist. Um, so my, my, my teeth were all cleaned and polished. I went and saw my dentist. And then I went and saw my chiropodist or podiatrist to you. So um, I, I've, and then I just came straight back, had lunch and then got on this podcast with you. So I feel like I've just been non-stop today, but I went out in jeans and a t-shirt. So yeah, it's still warm. I went to the dentist yesterday. Oh my I also goodness. Have clean teeth. Oh. And, but I did find out that I apparently am grinding my teeth and I have to get a mouth guard. So that's, I'm that person now. Mm. I'm going to be the one that sleeps with a mouth guard. Sexy. <laughs> Nothing but sexy on that one, right? <laughs> There's nothing like kissing your partner goodnight uh, with a mouthful of rubber. Anyway, yes. <laughs> I've only worn a mouth guard once, and that was uh, during my ill-advised uh, time when I was playing rugby in university. Um, and I, I wouldn't advise that to anybody, um, uh, only only because I'm, I'm not very good at uh, vibing getting beaten up basically every time I step onto a pitch and that's basically what rugby is so it's just basically pushing people and falling on top of them so apparently there's a ball involved as well but I don't know I didn't really see much of it just people fell on top of me or punched me I love that you said you're not very good at getting beat up are there like certain people out there who are good at it I mean it seems like I mean even if you're like built and stuff it's still hurts I imagine. No I think there are some people who actually like it. You go onto a pitch like a football pitch or a rugby pitch and it's actually like you know they see it as like a duel a war whereas I see it as maybe I can maybe I can score a goal or try and help my team out rugby wise however you do that in rugby still no idea how it works even though I played it for a year um, you know but I do that without with with the least physical context I can possibly get that was always my goal. 
probably should have gone for like tennis. Possibly, yeah. I was really bad hand co- and eye coordination though. I cannot throw a ball and then swing a racket and make the two collide for to save my life. So, no. But yeah. Anyway, that's my that's the last time I wore a mouth guard. <laughs> Shall I tell you about my week? Yes. Well, I haven't ever. <laughs> So over here, uh, obviously, I'm still trying not to forget about my festive book, The Christmas Catch. Um, but I, the cover is all sorted out, uh, done, dusted. I'm going to be re- be revealing that soon. Um, the, I've written the blurb, so I just need to then rest the blurb like a like a prime piece of steak or something, and then I'll go back to it in a week and see. It will need to be rewritten because it always does. You always write it and then you go back. It's a bit like first draft, isn't it? Um, and then, uh, oh, but I have given it out. So, you know, because I was saying that there's more of a lag in the getting it done to getting it put out in this one. It's a bit weird. But I have given it out to my first two readers. I think I'd done that last time. And then I've given it out to two of uh, my most trusted beta readers. One of them, including, is Kathy A. Don't we love Kathy A? Um, you never hit publish until Kathy A reads it. <laughs> Hi, Kathy A, if you're listening. So Kathy A came back um, with her uh, normal, fantastic, exhaustive list of uh, things that I'd missed. But also she loved it, so that's great, isn't it? Um, so I feel I need to now print it out and do a final read-through um, and then maybe start pushing some promotion levers to get sw- things swinging into gear. But uh, one of the things I did as well this week, which is a big job, right, uh, was to sort my ARP team out. Now, I haven't done an ARP team, what is it when you do? Um, audit. An ARP team audit for a while. And so my ARP team, I think it started off, I can't remember exactly, but I have, basically, I haven't got that many people on it that, you know, as opposed to other people. I had about 90 people on it. Um, but I didn't really know how many still want to be on it, how many were leaving reviews. Um, so I sent them an email. But... <laughs> I got so much response to this email and what I think happened was that I just did a graphic really quickly but I just did my graphic just said do you still want to be on my email list question mark and it was white block text on a black background so I think it looked a bit aggressive TB but I didn't mean it to be aggressive I just did a really quick graphic because I was in a rush but do you know what what I've, what I've realised is that aggressive graphics <laughs> work because I got so much response. So thanks everybody who responded. I love you all being on my art team. Uh, and don't worry, I wasn't angry at you. I was just in a hurry. Did you have like, you know, like someone's head or like a chopping block with like a, the axe guy behind them? I think that's kind of what they thought. Yeah. But the good news is that um, I got responses from 70 of my 90 uh, art team, which I think is pretty good. I mean, it's very good. Oh, they're all... they're all terrified of you they're all now sitting at their desks (laughs) or on their sofas waiting for the next art book going fucking hell i better read it quickly and do a review for claire so you know i i feel like i feel like you know when i used to work on magazine magazines as an editor i had a very i had a, a reputation as being very very strict but very fair but also i'd take you out for a beer afterwards and i feel like that's where we are with my art team now after sending out that email you know, I would say by accident, but I th- I feel like the people who really want to be on my art team responded, so that's good. There you go, and you're buying all of them beer. I'm buying everybody beer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's nice. Yeah. Can, am I on the art team? Do I get a beer? <laughs> 
if you want to be in my art team tv special special invitation just for you she's like no i was joking fuck off right okay um now you remember last time i was going to so that's my christmas book uh still in the still in the works but it's getting there now you remember last time i was going to be writing two books when we last spoke i was going to be writing uh london nine and then another one in the background well obviously the one in the background has taken over and um, and now that one's completely planned out and uh, I'm 20,000 words in. So sorry, London romance fans, <laughs> but it looks like the other book, which is uh, about which is about football. And it's just like it's burning a hole in my soul at the moment. So in my soul, and in my heart, I've got to get this story out. So uh, I think the football book might be done first. But will it will it get released first? I don't know. I'm still kind of jiggling along on London Nine in the background, but it's not. It's not where my head is at the moment. I I could have told you this the last time we spoke. Okay. <laughs> the, way, the way you talked about the one project and the other project, I'm like, football's good. First. <laughs> I don't think you let us know it was the football one. I'm like, I'm definitely, it's definitely football. I can feel it. I can see it in her eyes. And then I was like, this one's going to get done. <laughs> Yeah, I think I said it was a secret project, but I, I've sort of leaked it. Uh, I know people, people, I mean, the Secret Service were after me for this secret, but people, um, I have leaked yeah, it a little bit on my it. on my social medias and things. So, uh, yes, I'm writing a football book, everyone, and I fucking love it. And uh, But I'm not putting much football in it because I don't really love that bit. But, you know, all the off the pitch, I'm going down. I'm, I'm stalking every all, this, all the lionesses on social media. They give so much away. It's brilliant. Anyway, so there's that. That's what I'm writing. And then um, uh, Christmas in Mistletoe TV in audio is done and dusted. I sent it off to my audio proofer. She was fucking fantastic. Oh, I love having an audio proofer. Why haven't I done this sooner? Uh, she was really, really good and she was very responsive and I'm so pleased with her. And um, so Christmas, I've just got to upload it. But as you know, my upload speed is terrible, so I better start now. Well, I had to upload like one or two episodes of this podcast at your place and I was just like, well, does we have time for a beer? We're <laughs> <laughs> getting up one, but let's go have a beer because my computer can't do anything else. Yes, and other audiobook news. Um, this is quite exciting. My first ever foreign language audiobook came out this week. Um, so, the before you before du sagt ich will, before you say I do in German, Ilva, I did that via Ilva, and they sold the rights to a German audiobook company. Now, did you audio proof that one? I'll be disappointed <laughs> if you say no. Um, I will say that I did, I, I got the news through yesterday on email. So I went to, over to German Audible and clicked the sample, and it's brilliant hearing um, your audiobook being read in German, uh, your book being read in German, because obviously I don't understand a word of it. But then I did, it was like lots of German words, and then Jordan. <laughs> Jordan and Abby are the two lead characters, so um, that that made me laugh. But um, it's exciting that uh, I've got an audio book out in a different language. So that's cool. Yeah. And then another exciting news, we just come back from a long weekend in Dublin, uh, where I got to use my Irish passport in my homeland, so that was nice. And you know what? We went. We were over there just to meet my wife's parents, who were, who were there uh, on a little bit of a jaunt. The other thing was, um, so my grandmother's name, uh, my grandmother's maiden name was Power. So her name was Mary Power and she's from Waterford. There's a Power's whiskey that's very popular in Ireland. So I drank some of that and I imagined that it was probably my family's distillery. 
There you go. Have, did you have you been to Waterford? They have a great. Was it hurling? Did they have a great hurling team? I don't know. Uh, no, the answer is no. I haven't been to Waterford, but it's on my list to do. Uh, I think I've said this before on the podcast because uh, this was just a fl- uh, flying visit to see family in Dublin. But I'm going to go. Uh, my wife and I are going to do sort of. I want to do Cork and Galway and Waterford. So because my dad's ancestry is from Galway. Yeah. I recommend Sligo. Okay. Um, up north, it's adorable, and driving along the um, Great Atlantic Way or the Wild Atlantic Way mm. down the um, western side of the coast. Well, I can give you some tips. Okay, okay, we'll take it offline. Um, and the other thing we did was uh, we went to see Brandy Clark live in a concert yesterday at the O2. Now, um, and it was really cool. You, now you remember you came to the C to C country showcase uh, with us a few years ago like four years ago probably and um, that's when a load of like a, five different musicians or songwriters from Nashville come over and they tell you the stories behind the songs and then they sing them for you and quite often they're not the people who recorded them they just write them for the big artists well Brandy Clark is someone I saw in that showcase about five years ago but she's now released her own album and is doing her own tour but she last night it was kind of like a memoir show and it was a fantastic example like she's a brilliant musician she's a brilliant singer but she's also a brilliant storyteller and it was a fantastic example of just going and her talking you kind of through her life she did covers of all the story, all the songs classic country songs that have inspired her and then she did like a whole show she was on stage for nearly 2 hours just chatting and singing she brought on some people to sing with her and it was fantastic so it's really nice just to do that and go to see other creative arts in process but it's also lovely to to hear the stories behind um the finished products yes i i love listening to other creatives talk about it and i remember when we went to the one i i think it was cam who was yes. talking about the difficulty mm. of writing songs especially when you've had a bad night and I think she had to go in and write a love song and they're like, how are you feeling? And she's like, I feel dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I've been feeling right now with this book because I have a lot of stress and I'm like getting to like the high point of the tension and I'm like, I feel dead inside and I just want it done and you have to push through it. And that's all we all have to do is push through it. You do, you do. And you know what? Um, I will also re- do a quick recommendation. Um, I've been listening to a podcast called Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you don't know Debbie Millman, she is the branding queen. She did the Burger King logo and she's like been top of her branding sort of and uh, graphic design for years. And now she does a podcast called Design Matters. And I love her. And she's a brilliant interviewer. And I, I had a look at it because she was interviewing the Indigo Girls, who were one of my favourite uh, bands, and I very rarely hear interviews with them. And she did a fantastic interview with them. But she also had an interview um, with Chris Evert. And I was just listening to that today on the way back from my shoppity. And Chris Evert was saying that one of the things in her tennis career was that she was, she was told quite a lot, a nickname, the Ice Princess or the Ice Maiden, because she, she said that it's very hard to uh, be effective and play well on a tennis court if you're too emotional so take the emotions out of it and just get on with it which has just reminded me of what you said um you know you just got to push through and get on with it and um so she was just talking about her career and all the slights she had but um do you know what? i never realized what a fucking phenomenal tennis player uh chris Everett was like i i know that she was really big when i was growing up but um 
I, I wasn't I didn't follow tennis super well but what I loved to hear was that she said that her two best friends are Martina and Billie Jean King um, because she said they've done so much together uh, for equality and women's rights and equal pay as well as just being good mates on the tennis court and she was talking about how when her and Martina had that massive rivalry then at, by the end whenever one of them lost the other one would comfort them in the locker room which I found lovely but anyway that was just a little bit of a segue so I've I've also recently listened to a podcast with another tennis star. It was Meghan Markle and Serena Williams. That's interesting. We were on the tennis podcast this week. We are, yeah. And I'm not a huge tennis fan. I know you are. But um, I, I, I love Debbie Millman, and um, she interviews very interesting. She interviews artists, um, but also just creative people. Obviously, um, sports stars are creative. Yes, yes. Anyone who has to um, hone their talent it's a lot of work a lot of practice yeah a lot of discipline but anyways let's get on the comments up first we have carmen who commented on the website saying another great episode the thing that hit me with a bang was claire teasing us with a footy romance i couldn't agree more about all the professional queer real relationships out there we need a claire spin on this topic our subject could you imagine imagine girlfriends on rival teams love you guys come on spurs so Carmen, I think Claire has let the uh, secret out. She is. The footy is edging the London romance. <laughs> the footy has kicked London romance to the curb. Sorry, London romance people. I kicked, you know what? Ever since I've said I'm writing the next London romance next, or the London number nine next, I, I keep getting emails or messages from people saying, when is that book going to be out? And I'm like, oh, sometime soon. Sometime soon. Uh, yes, but yes, come on, you Spurs, even though we're, we're a bit sticky uh, at the moment. But, um... Yes, a football book is in the works. Up next, we have Jen, who said, I wanted to say that I love the podcast, though I'm several episodes behind at this point, but trying to get caught up. I'm learning a lot, and you two always make me laugh. And uh, Jen is claims to merely be a lesbian reader fan, but Jen hopes to join the author ranks in the future. And then Jen has a question for us, which I think I sent ahead to you so you could think about it a bit. I also asked some people on my end to figure it out. All right. So Jen's question is regarding Kindle Unlimited as a reader. I know you've mentioned before that authors who put books on KU get paid based on pages read. So I was wondering if I read a book via KU, return said book, and then go out and purchase the book, that same book, does the author still get the KU credit? I could just see Amazon finding finding some way to screw authors out of earned money in a scenario such as this, even though it might be rare. So... Do we get both monies? Um, when you sent this through to me, yeah, my initial reaction was yes. I think so. I, I asked other authors as well, and we all think we do. Yes, I think so. We, we haven't heard any, because um, we usually hear the conspiracies. Yes. <laughs> in, our, in our private like Discord channels. <laughs> but I haven't heard of any conspiracies on this. Again, it wouldn't surprise me, but I, it's not been brought to my attention, so I think we do get the KU page reads plus the sale of the ebook. Yes, they're two different ways of reading and buying, so or reading and renting. So, yeah, I think you do. Yes. I'm glad we're on the same page on this one. And then I just got an email this morning that I thought I would add to the episode. So Iona Kane, who is a fellow Sapphic author, um, was responding to one of my emails for IHS but then had this to say that I thought I would add to our conversation because I think you can relate I don't have much experience in this 
but Iona said that um, she was having issues with Ingram Spark, and it just updated a bunch of information and then got kicked out because there was site maintenance. And Iona wishes that she had a podcast to rant about it. So I thought you could rant about Ingram Spark on her behalf. <laughs> oh my God, that's happened to me so many times. So you have my sympathies, Iona. Sometimes they keep what you've done, probably about 50% of the time. So it's great that they're so consistent. Um, yeah, Ingram Spark is Ingram Spark. You know, they are a good way to uh, go wide with your books, uh, print books. But um, goodness me, they need to work on their back end system because it's, it's bag of shite. Is it worse than ACX backend? Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Oh, because I hate, I mean, I understand. When I go to my ACX dashboard, I understand, like, all the files bog it down. It makes it really slow. So when you hit a page, it doesn't load and stuff. And I imagine it's a nightmare for them. But Ingram Spark is worse. Yes, because at least ACX is quite clear. I think that it's probably just the file sizes that, that is the issue. Uh, whereas Ingram Spark is di difficult to navigate. And I'm someone who's pretty au fait with backend systems. You know, I've used content management systems for a, a, a number of years before I became an author. So. It's as baffling as Bookbrush. I have issues like Bookbrush just goes against <laughs> common sense for me. Bookbrush is ridiculous. <laughs> Bookbrush, they're instant mock-ups too. Oh my God, don't get me started on that. It's It doesn't work. It doesn't fucking work. I've sent them two emails about it. I don't just say to them, it doesn't fucking work. But that's what I want to say. It's like, your 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 system doesn't work. But I'm going to wait for them to sort it out. And your in the system meantime... doesn't work. Please fix it. <laughs> Love, Claire. I've even sent them screenshots and detailed what I did. And I think they're a bit scared of me because I was just like, here's what I did. Here's the system I'm using. Sort it out. The joys of being an author. So, Iona, we feel your pain on your behalf. Before we move to uh, buy us a coffee, do you have comments on your side? Um, I do. Crystal wrote in and she said that she too was inspired by the lionesses, as I said I was. Um, so she agreed with me on, yeah, last time round's inspiration. So inspired I'm writing a book. Um, and Simon on Insta sent me a very funny video of people doing normal things in, uh, sorry, people in Hallmark movies doing normal things in an OTT way. And he said, with all the talk of Hallmark movies and Christmas books, it made me, th it made him think of me. So thanks, Simon. Wait, did the Hallmark, is that, is that? launching now the christmas channel they Did you say september 1st uh i don't know when they do it they normally do it in september sometime oh wow it's your time of year do you feel your heart growing ding 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 just hear those sleigh bells ringing ding 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 ling do she says as it's 23 degrees outside still <laughs> you're fucking early for that <laughs> now move on to buy us a coffee <laughs> all right first up uh kelly Kelly bought a coffee and said, cheers to Virgo birthdays. Can I get a toot toot for my birthday, please? So, Claire? Toot toot. Virgo, when is that? Now. I'm a Virgo. Oh, your, birth your birthday's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> I think Kelly just saved my buttocks. Because <laughs> when I read that, I was like, wait, didn't Claire just have her birthday? It's been a year. It's been a year. Wow. So um, I should probably get working on that. And then uh, Malcolm also bought us a coffee. And Malcolm said, Dear Claire and TV, I'm enjoying one of your past episodes. Please accept the coffee and thanks. And happy bank holiday to Claire in end of August TV. So I hope you had a nice bank holiday. Mm, thank you, Malcolm. Oh, you were in Dublin. 
uh, I was in Dublin where it wasn't a bank holiday. Confusing, eh? All right, so that's it for uh, bias of coffees and comments. Are you ready for the mystery question? I am, I am. All right, I came up with this question when I was watching a documentary on Paul Newman and Joanna Woodward. I haven't worked all the way through the um, documentary yet. It's like six hours long. But when I heard a certain statement, it got me thinking, and I was like, this would be something that Claire and I can discuss. So here we go. Do you think people are born with talent, or can talent be nurtured? Hmm, okay. Uh, I think that... I think that talent is generally nurtured. I think that you can be born with a, a background that might uh, sway you to a certain talent, i.e. the... Um, podcast that I was just listening to with Chris Ever, I didn't know that her dad was a tennis trainer, tennis coach. So obviously she was playing tennis and being coached by a professional from the age of five. So did she have natural talent or was she actually coached from the age of five? Probably a bit of both. Because she had the background and the she found tennis easy to access and great. And I think with me um, I always had, I grew up in a house where there were a lot of books and my dad used to be a journalist and he read all the time. So so for me, wanting to be a writer was always a thing. Uh, and then, but then with application and hard work, I became one. So I think it's a bit of both. I agree. Because I think, you know, some people are obviously, whether your talent is being a writer, being an artist, being an athlete, being a math wizard, math wizards. They amaze me, probably because I can't add one plus one. But um, I think it's something that you probably are born with. I mean, there are certain people, especially since you just spent some time in Dublin. I found when I would go into Irish pubs, when you sit down, like, they're just natural storytellers because it's part of their culture. They just do stories a lot and everything. So I think it's something that you probably, you know, Chris Everett may have had, like, some athletic genes going in there where, you know. But I didn't know her dad was a coach or... I didn't remember that fact, but yeah, that makes sense. And I was looking at it from like, I always, I, from the age of 11, I wanted to be a writer, but I didn't publish a book for until I was 39. And when people tell me um, A Woman Lost, which is the first Lizzie book, and it also happened to be the first book I published that it's their favorite, I kind of wince a bit. <laughs> not that I'm not proud of the book, but it is my very first book. And I'm not saying the books I publish now are perfect, but I know Lizzie's less perfect. Um, so I'm always just kind of like, oh, that's great. But have you tried reading some of my more recent stuff? Because you <laughs> learned so much. You, you, you hone the skills and um, you learn different tricks over the years, especially if you're working with an editor who um, takes the time to help you grow. Like in the beginning, you, you might be learning like the simple things like, you know, where a freaking comma goes or something like that. But over time, especially if you work with an editor who takes the time and you learn how to um, really dig deeper for emotional scenes and how to backload sentences and everything like that. So you become better, but I think you also come in with it. I don't know if it's if you're particularly born with it or if you're just kind of prepped from an early age, like with you growing up with books and a journalist as a father and stuff like that. Yeah. To be I... more open to it. Yeah, 
uh, yeah, I think um, I had that uh, too recently, actually, but I thought the opposite. Because I, I think everybody always thinks, right, that their first book isn't the their best work. I mean, when you put it out, you think it's the fucking bee's knees, right? You think it's brilliant. Oh, my God, when am I winning my fucking Booker Prize? But then, uh, you know, five years down the line, um, you, or eight years down the line for me, uh, I'm not going to ask TB how long it is for her because that's numbers. But um, you you realise that uh, there was a lot of there were a lot of issues with your first book. However, it does also hold some kind of first book energy and first book enthusiasm and first book edge because you don't know what you're doing and so you you're not living by the rules. And I think as you get better, you learn more stuff to make your writing better but you also learn more rules so you're probably more constrained um so it's sort of mm. but because i think somebody somebody wrote to me this week and said that um they were just reading my first three books of my london romance series and they said they're really enjoying them and they're going to read the rest but one question did i use was it a u.s publisher who made me use the word faucet and stick of butter because they said that they were tripped up by those two things which are very american things and I was like, why on earth would I have used the word faucet <laughs> when, you know, we say tap? Um, however, I went and had a look at London London Calling and yes, sure enough, there it is. I, I got my word file out and did a did a, a, a find. So why did I do that? I don't know. And apparently I used the term stick of butter. I just wrote back and said I probably, uh, I probably had been watching too many American cookery, sh cookery shows and home improvement shows and so it seeped into my consciousness. But I don't know why I would use the word faucet. But anyway. Okay, so I know tap. What do you guys what do you guys call a stick of butter? Just a pack of butter. Yeah. And my and Lizzie, I had a um Australian editor and um Lizzie's carrying a rucksack instead of a backpack. Right. Okay. I don't I didn't know that that was one one thing or another. I think they they would be interchangeable here. But anyway, the point is that I went back and I read probably about the first four chapters of London Calling. And you know what? I thought it was pretty good. We're always different though, aren't we? Because you're always like, that's pretty good. And I'm like, oh, I never want to look at it again. I can't do it. <laughs> now, I don't think that about all my books. Um, but I think maybe it does depend on, it depends on your mood on the day and how you're feeling. But I would also say that I do think that I recognise that there's very much first book energy, first book edge in that book. And so it's still it's still popular. It still sells. So and I can see probably why because uh, people recognise that. And I think you know from that book to the end of the London Romance series, you know it's it's eight years. So a lot has changed. I've changed. You change as a person, right? So, but can talent be taught? Be is it just innate or is it? I think yeah. I think from from a very early age, I've been telling stories and writing stories. So I think that that probably come, there's probably maybe a bit of writer gene in me if that is a thing. I don't even know if that's a thing. I don't even know if I believe in that. I think I'm far more nurture than nature, but I probably do think that, no, see, I do think a bit of nature as well because I think I believe I was born gay. I don't think, I, I don't think, you know, in my very religious Catholic upbringing, they weren't trying to coax a gay child. <laughs> I guess my first answer is right, right? There's a bit of both, but I think, your talent when it comes to sexual orientation, it's completely Absolutely. nature. I wasn't nurtured. It was completely nature. I have another tennis story if you will let me, if you'll indulge me a bit. Go on then. So I remember years ago, years ago, 
um, listening to, I watch a lot of tennis and, um, you know, I, you hear the commentators speak and I remember, uh, Billie Jean King when she was uh, commentating, she was talking about the Williams sisters. And so, um, she was talking about how like she was on the uh, practice court with one of the Williams sisters and I can't remember which one now. So I apologize for that detail. And she was trying to teach the, um, one of the Williams to hit the ball a certain way. One of the sisters was excited about it. I was like, how long do you think it will take me to master this? And, and Billie Jean King started to say two. And then the sister interrupted and said, two weeks, two months. And she's like, about two years. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking, I was like, wow, that is some freaking dedication for just one stroke, <laughs> two years of practice. Mm. So, um, but then when you think about it, it's kind of like what we've been doing with our writing as well. Because mm. I know we do have, like, you do have that no fear when you write your first book. I think that's what people notice is the no fear. Because I, like, broke, like, every rule that you weren't supposed to break and everything. And um, you do have that. But I do also think you get better with the craft over time. Definitely. So, Definitely. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what you've always got to strive to do, get better with every book. And I know everyone always says that, but it's it's true. And it's also true to, you know, don't save anything, you know, but leave leave everything on the page that you just come away from. Like, you know, don't store up ideas and think, oh, I'll, I'll save that for the next one. No, because you'll come up with more ideas. Don't worry about it. Just put it all down in the book that you're writing. Um, and actually, that's the way you get better because you take more. Just go with the ideas. Take the risk. Yes, absolutely. And I'm going to surprise you again on this episode. This is like the surprise episode. I actually know how many years I've been writing. Okay. Because I just figured it out last week. Okay. Because I thought I missed my 10-year anniversary, Mm -hmm. but I just celebrated the nine years. So it's one year with Pepper and nine years as a writer. Okay. Is that since you launched your first book? Yes. My first book published in July of 2013. So we're not quite at 10 years yet. You know, if we're still, I do- probably should do something for yes. this year anniversary. <laughs> you should take a week off at least. <laughs> I'm taking a year off when I get to ten years. <laughs> I just had Are this. You really? <laughs> I just had this conversation with my uh, chiropodist, who has been my chiropodist for twenty years. I was talking to her about it, and she said that she's going to be doing it for at least another two years, and then she's going to review. And I was, I started panicking, like, "Oh my god, no, you can't stop! You can't stop! Where am I going to go and get my feet done?" Uh, but you know, she can stop. It's, it's, it's in her uh, control because it's her life. But um, yeah, but she said that she wants to take, she wants to have a break. She wants to have at least six months off, and then she's going to relocate. the The good thing is that she's relocating to literally five minutes away from where I live. Whereas at the moment, I have to travel an hour to go back to North London where she is. So I'm happy about that. What do you mean get your feet done? What is she doing? She's my chiropodist. I have feet that need to be seen every three months. What is she like, <laughs> scraping off all the bunions? And... Pretty much. I, I don't really want to go into it on this podcast because it's not very appetising, you know. <laughs> you have to wear a mouth guard. Come on, Claire. <laughs> I've just got feet that, you know, are a bit callousy and corny. So she shaves them off. She, she shaves scraper. She shaves and scrapes and, and today she gave me a massage and she does essential oils and she's very holistic. And we have okay. a right we have a right old chat. Oh excellent. I didn't know this was a thing. Maybe mm. I should start getting my feet done. Oh I love it. I love going to my shoulders. <laughs> People think it sounds bad, but no, I love it. I love it. Your feet get all lovely pampered. My feet are jealous now. Mm. 
they're probably going to trip me up when I go down the stairs. Do you know what? So I if f- I'm not here next two weeks. <laughs> I think feet are one of the most overlooked parts of the body. People don't people don't pay attention to them. People don't pamper them. And actually, if you think about it, you're on you're on them all day every day. And they complain a lot the older you get. Yeah. You notice your feet a lot more the closer you get to 50. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's my experience. I'm like, my feet hurt. Ow. You should go and see a shropodist. I should, but I'm too busy trying to get a mouth guard right now. Okay, yeah. Get your mouth guard and then go and book a shropody appointment. Anyway, well, good question. I liked that one. Uh, I think that we we agree that it's a bit both. Yes, yes. I can't imagine coming out full-fledged writer. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into learning. You have to first be a... You have to love to read first. Yes. You have to have that instilled in you, I think. Yes. And then it kind of slowly gets teased out. But, um, yeah, I thought it was an interesting uh, question. So, now now the big question. The big question is, what are we going to talk about next time? <laughs> well, I've got I've got a couple of uh, ideas. So, I'll uh, I'll run them by you off, off, off the grid. But rest assured, people, it'll be inspired and riveting. I try to go for boring. Do let us know what you think as well. What do you think about nature, nurture, uh, when it comes to talent, not sexual orientation, apparently? Uh, let's see a question. Yeah, because <laughs> that one would require a longer podcast. Uh, ways to get in touch on the website. Please do go and comment lesbianswhowrite.com, email us lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com, Facebook us, Twitter us at lesbianswhowrite, and Instagram me at clairefic. Join us next time round when we will be discussing something riveting and boring apparently um and until then keep writing stay safe bye everybody thanks for listening to lesbians who write follow us on twitter at les who write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee and sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.